That's eighty, Drew. Drew, I got four fingers up in the air because we're starting off the fourth quarter of twenty twenty three. Try to get to the home stretch, baby. Get those four fingers up in the air. Let me get the and the government's still open. Well, for now, for now, the government's still open. If you are ready for the fourth quarter of this year, go ahead and put in a. Go ahead, type in the number four in the chat. Four fingers. Here we go. Fourth quarter starting off October 1, 2023. You, you know, you know, for you don't have any kids, Brian, any natural kids. You know, you got all those kids that you've coached. But for us with kids, even though, know, thank God, mine are grown, but I got grands to deal with now. Fourth quarter is not, is not the best. You got uh, Nope. I gotta buy. I gotta buy a trick or treat costume for Halloween. Got October. I gotta buy yep. and, and, and the candy. And the candy. Yep. Costume uh, candy. Yep. Right. If, if they older, kids, they want to go to it. They want to go to some somebody's uh, um, Halloween party. So you got to spend money on on that kind of job. And, and when they get to middle school to high school, you got to do the homecoming dance class, and homecoming, homecoming activities. Class. Yep. Exactly. Yep. 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 Right. Right. Then as soon as you recover from that, you got you got to go do Thanksgiving yep. and travel. And if you and if you're smart, if you can find somebody who do it, you got you remember back in the day you used to go get the layaways because you because you got to get them Christmas gifts yep. for December, and you better have something up under the tree. Oh, gotta gotta buy a tree, and if you're a natural tree person, <laughs> or you got to go up in the attic, the 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 basement, the storage, whatever, the garage to get the artificial tree. And then we finally get to relax on New Year's Eve. And if you know how much it costs to go to a party on New Year's Eve, my brother, yeah, New Year's Eve parties are not cheap. And then you want to, then you got the nerve to turn around and want to do a home tailgate type situation for all the New Year's bowls. Nah, fourth quarter. Wow, I'm glad it's, it, it, the year is closing out. You can keep it from from my wallet perspective. You can keep it. Boo, Grinch. Boo, boo. The Grinch. You're a Grinch, Drew. Love the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter is the best time of the year, man. I love it. This is this is that time of the year where we get our footballs in full stock and season. We've got uh, the start of basketball is coming around the corner. 
you got the holidays, you got the festive. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to choose to be on the other side of that, of that grumpy rant that you just uh, threw out there. Although I'll give you the basketball thing. Although I do emphasize with y'all uh, adults, parents who got to deal with, uh, deal with all that extra stuff. You know, so I, I, I will empathize a little bit, just a little bit with some of y'all. Well, uh, we come in just uh, just a little bit at the bottom of the hour here on week. Uh, just finish it up. Week number five across the HBCU football landscape. Not quite at the halfway point. Well, we kind of are, kind of are. But we're kind of not. We're going to we're going to observe next week as the sort of halfway point of the season, you know, because technically uh, it's an 11 week season, 12 weeks. So, you know, you're kind of saying week six is kind of either that middle of the 11 week season or it's the midway point. So we'll do a lot of uh, mid season stuff. You know, we'll kind of get into talking about, you know, teams who are teams who aren't coaches might be on the hot seat. Is you it, know, is things it too early of, to start that? of that nature. What's that? Is it too early to start the hot seat conversation? Uh, you, didn't you start it two weeks ago? Or is it was, who, somebody you started it two weeks I ago? Probably did. Yeah. So no, it, it can't be too too soon because you you started it. Uh, uh, we, we're in the middle of homecoming season. That's so yeah, man. This is <laughs> this is a good time of the uh, of the HBCU sports calendar. Want to always thank you guys for coming in and joining us on YouTube and on Facebook. If you're watching us on Twitter, you can join the discussion on one of those two platforms, either on the uh, BCSN Facebook page, my BCSN, the number one, or our own Facebook page, um, BCSN Sports Wrap. Uh, hopefully you're following us on Twitter, the Jericho Broadcast Network's page. Uh, those of you who are watching us there, I uh, want to encourage you guys, you can always support the show and become uh, a JBN member supporting the show, my JBN online slash join on YouTube as we uh, continue to try to find some, some innovative ways to kind of bring some membership stuff to you. But more so what you're doing is you're supporting black owned media, HBCU sports media, uh, and, and helping us continue to to travel across the country, uh, and and literally, I mean, we are traveling across the country. Uh, I know myself having to travel up to Savannah, Georgia, from my home base, a four hour drive, and then come back after the game. Which, I, you know, ugh, Drew, talk about a lot of time on the road. I'm thankful to call me through, but boy, it would have been nice to go check into a hotel. That's all I'm gonna say. Would have been nice. I'll trade you that for what I had to deal with last night. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll take what I had. I'll take what I had, and I'll I'll put it in my pocket and be quiet. Yeah, because you you did have a long journey, and a deal with a rank. All I'm gonna say is that foot that football game started in September and finished in October that yes. I was covering yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And um, over an hour, let me put you like this. At one point in time, Brian, we were wondering if the football game was going to end or the clubs were going to uh, let out first. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
interesting. All right, let me go through a, a few uh, shout outs as we before we get going here. Uh, HBC Band Talk jumping in, Hell Wildcats. Uh, hey, you you didn't lose this weekend. Uh, so props to the Wildcats. BCU <laughs> managed to not lose this weekend. That's a good thing. Whenever uh, the Wildcats uh, don't lose, or at least, you know, at least it is until the uh, end of uh, or middle of October or November, rather. Uh, so uh, Coach Rossi jumping in. We'll have Coach on at the uh, about the 8 o'clock Eastern hour. Uh, get a chance to talk to Coach about the games. And then a, a couple of interesting coaching things that are out in the in the Twitterverse that we'll get a chance to talk about or we'll ask Coach his opinion on as well. J-Mac, Jimmy Mac jumping in. Um, good to see you. Hope, you're, hope you've recovered from yesterday's game at Itabina. I'm, I'm actually sort of glad based on the reactions that I've seen from Rattler Nation, I'm actually glad I haven't watched that game yet. Uh, so I'll, I'll be doing my analysis of that game here. Uh, but but I've read enough, and I've seen the stats, and I've read enough. So I just want to put my eyes on what I saw or what I, what you guys saw. So Rattler Nation fit to be tied. But, but hey, look, remember, you got a W. We got a W. We got a win. And winning is, what do we say, Drew? Winning is what? Winning is everything. Hard. Oh, and my bad. It, my bad. <laughs> anyway, Mary 305. But it is everything. Well, I was just going with hard. Uh, Mary 305, good to see you. Uh, Tamara T jumping in. Here's my sister calling me. She must not watch the show. My sister's calling me during the show. She doesn't watch the show. That's all right, though. I'm going to just forward her right in the voicemail. Um, that's all right. Um, let's see. Who else is out there? Um, Wildmire. Uh, how about Florida Will. Memorial? How, hey. The Lions are getting a little scary out there. We may see the Lions. We may see and talk about the Lions a little bit later on in the uh, show, Brian. Yeah, we, we might have to. We might have to talk about them. Uh, David Rhodes. Um. Okay, I had I had to I had to figure out was he saying behold or was he more Aggie? I'm assuming he's a he's happy that the Aggies uh, stomped into um, Norfolk State on Norfolk State's yard and got themselves a dub, first win of the season for the Aggies. They're off the snide. Actually, one, two, three, four, five teams got off the block, got off the uh, winless block. Drew five teams. Yeah. We, we 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 had two of them that were pretty much uh get guaranteed to get off the get off the schneid. You know, uh for two of the teams, it was like going to since we're gonna talk for a fourth quarter, it was like going to a Halloween party, Brian. Everybody goes home with a bag. Yeah. Everybody goes home with a W against two of those teams. <laughs> yeah, and uh obviously you're referring to Texas Southern winning against Lincoln 52 to 7. Um, who? Uh, oh, oh, De- Delaware State. And Delaware State, forty-eight to ten yeah. over Virginia Lynchburg, Virginia University Lynchburg. So those were the guarantees. A and T got that Everybody- year, twenty-eight to twenty-six over Norfolk State. Le- uh, how about the battle Everybody between Lane bad. and Clark, which would somebody would get a win and someone would stay winless, and that turned out to be Lane got the dub, thirty-four twenty-four over Clark. 
And then uh, one of the games that might be one of the, the games of the of the day or the night yesterday or whichever time of the day it happened would be Livingstone getting their first win of the season with a win over Bowie, 31 to 18 at home. Uh, I believe on maybe the not the game of the year. Maybe not the game of the year, but definitely the upset of the year thus far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ooh, is, it the, uh, is it the upset? Can you think of another? You have a three and one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. State probably is going up against a 0 and 4 Livingstone. Yeah, yeah the that's North so far. has dominated the South throughout the uh Throughout the last couple of years, I mean, I can't think of another game thus far this season that has been more of a, huh, what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Edward, no, you did not miss the start. We started actually about 30 minutes uh, after the top of the hour. So you're actually. That's my fault. That's my fault. You're actually on time, Edward. And, uh. But it's okay. It's okay. It's all good. You know, thanks for jumping in there. Um, let me see. Who else? I saw I saw my guy, Joshua Jackson. Got a chance to see him yesterday. Man, watch out for those Edward Water Tigers, boy. They I tell you, that was I I'm I'm the the I-95 Tiger battle uh it between Savannah State, Edward Waters again lives up to the height uh, for the second consecutive year. It goes down to the wire, final seconds. Last year, Savannah State got a win at Edward Waters. This year, Edward Waters gets a win after a missed field goal with maybe three seconds remaining by Savannah State. Uh, Exciting game, exciting game. So uh, glad I got a chance to see Josh and uh, Edward Waters now is rolling. Two consecutive wins heading into homecoming with Lane. I believe it's Lane coming to town. Uh, I'll I'll say this. Watch out! Watch out for Edward Waters, man. That that offense is is scary. They they legitimately have two of the best receivers in the uh, SIC and one of the top quarterbacks in the SIC. What was the attendance uh, like at that game? Do we know? Because I mean, because with those two teams, there are very few teams that aren't in the same city that are geographically closer. Than Savannah State and Edward Waters. That's, that's what I was kind of curious about. Yeah, you know, I it was. I mean, it was a good crowd. Uh, even, you know, what's funny is it was a bit of a late arriving crowd from the Edward Waters side, but it, there was it was a good crowd um, for that game. Um, so I, I didn't I didn't jot down the official attendance. Maybe we'll look it up a little bit later, or you know, Josh is in the chat room. Maybe he'll drop in. Uh, what the attendance numbers was, but um, how did the crowd look visually? We'll just say that. Um, well, I mean, because obviously, where we're broadcasting from on the home side, you just uh, see it, the visitor side. Yeah, it, and and you know, it, it it still looked good. There was a there was a good atmosphere in uh in the in the uh in in the stadium. So I would. I would say I, I'd say it's probably maybe seventy percent full. I don't that's think true, it was. True. Yeah, yeah, seventy percent full. So, and I think the halftime shows did a did a good job. We'll we'll talk about that. Actually, we we got to make a make a note here at some point, Drew. We got to talk about the uh, first HBCU band rankings that came out. 
on Friday. I don't know why they came out on Friday. Now that that's a bad day to dump the uh, to dump that on because I think a lot of people probably missed it. Right, and, and you know something's kind of funny that you said that because about about an hour ago I talked to uh, John Grant and he asked me had I seen the uh, the band ranking and I was like no I haven't I was aware of them but because uh, I've been running all weekend I actually haven't had time to look at them but yes I was aware that they uh, came out so you know we had a couple. Uh, we had about a 10 minute conversation and I'll share a couple of things uh, with you when we go through the uh, band ranking portion. Yeah. We, we gotta, we gotta tell Mr. Grant, Mr. Grant, don't, don't drop hey. that. Fr- Friday is for stuff that you don't want people talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we want, we want people talking about the, 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 the band rankings. See fam, you video uh, uh, from this summer. And how quickly that went away. Uh, yes. By, by Monday, it was, it was a non-story. Yeah, no one was paying attention to that thing anymore. Yes, that's a great point. Uh, yes. The Friday news dump. Uh, it, it lives on. Um, so, yeah, in terms of winless teams still left, St. Aug, Clark, Morehouse, Lincoln, Missouri. Um, Lincoln, Missouri, uh, that poor – look, that team – they've every opponent they have played is in the top 50 ratings in division two matter of fact the team they lost to this past weekend i think they lost 71 to three that team was number like 47 on the latest ratings that we were looking at but the four previous weeks those teams were top in the team. top 20 20 yeah. according to what i saw top so like four times and i know two of them have been in the top 10 at least two. yes two of them were in the top 10 so it was like that's brutal um clark morehouse eventually somebody's going to get a win there because they play each other we know that's going to happen it's just a matter will it be that last game of the season who knows <laughs> and uh st aug I tell you what, man, with the fact that Livingstone is winning, the fact the South is not the South that we're used to. You know, this isn't your, you know, this isn't your, how do I say this? This is the last year South. This is the, this isn't the 20, this isn't the millennium South. This isn't your last decade South, you know, of the CIAA. This is, this South is starting to rise something we don't want to see happen usually but um Ooh. it is it's rising <laughs> <laughs> the south will rise let me stop before i catch myself um but yeah we so that'll be interesting to see what happens on the other side of the spectrum we have three unbeatens remaining sadly uh drews you know we kind of expected what was going to happen to skiggy Although I was more surprised by the score, not necessarily the outcome that they lost to Alabama A and M, but the score, uh, fifty-eight unanswered. Was that what it was? That exactly what it was. Tuskegee jumped out three nothing, and that was the last time that we heard from the Golden Tigers. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Um, but hey, the the rest of the season and everything. Uh, now the question is though. No, was it you? I heard you this morning. Did you were the, you made the predict? Did you predict that they would knock off one of the two 
FCS Alabama schools? Was that your prediction, or did someone else state that? No, I didn't say I, I, I was mentioning the fact that uh, all the Alabama schools play each other, except for Miles does not play Alabama A&M. But Tuskegee plays uh, all three Alabama schools. Alabama State plays all three other Alabama schools. But uh, Miles plays two. And, yeah, Miles plays two of them. And Alabama A&M plays two. So they don't play each other. But I was mentioning the fact that looks like Miles may be in the position to possibly win the Battle of Alabama. Yeah. Uh, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Division Division 2 schools winning the bat, winning the state the state yeah. title, huh? Yeah. All right. Uh so that leaves all Division 2 schools of course. Uh oh, I'm sorry. No, we're down to 2. I didn't see this. Allen off the line as they got uh, handled by Fort Valley State. So Allen handled is a good word. Yeah. What 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 was the final? Because at one point it was twenty one to eight. It was forty nine twenty one. I believe was that final. Okay. And I'm going off the top of my head when I with that. All right. So that leaves two, and then there were two. Benedict, who still has only given up one touchdown this year, and then Virginia State in the CIAA. That's it. That's it. That is it. Um, we'll get into a little conference breakdown on some things here, but but let's let's transition. Let, let's kind of you know I put this out there on a uh, poll. Yeah, forty nine twenty one was a uh, score, Brian. Okay. Um, I put this out there on a poll because I, I really was I, I was curious about how people felt. And you guys in the chat room, you guys, you tell us. Following your team's performance on Saturday. How would you describe your emotions? Happy, frustrated, disappointed or concerned? Again, how do you feel after Saturday? Happy frustrated, disappointed, and concerned. I I know Rattler Nation is concerned despite winning 31-7 on the road at Mississippi Valley State. But what do you think, uh, Drew, Tuskegee fans? How are Tuskegee fans feeling after Saturday? None of the above. The The word should be expected. Okay. They expected to do what they've done in the SIAC. You wanted the victory over Alabama A&M. You wished for the victory over Alabama A&M, but realistically, you know it. You didn't. You didn't pencil that in when you went down the the schedule at the beginning of the year, saying that's gonna be a that's gonna be a dub. So right. it's expect expected would be the word that I would use. Right. Uh. Aggie fans are happy uh, now that they found their quarterback, um, which uh, which we'll get into. I heard, uh, you know, it's always rare when you hear Joshua Sims giving praise to, as he calls it, the school. Was he called? Was it called the school down, down the highway? School down, down the highway. highway. School down the highway. Um, you know, and so uh, he, he was actually 
giving praise. I won't say singing praises, but giving praise to them for finding their QB. And so we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, my again, this is where we get into how Rattler Nation feels. Uh, my guy Keith, frustrated. Uh, Jimmy Matt, concerned and frustrated. I, I mean, you know, let, 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 let the Rattler Nation boy fit to be tied today. Uh, AJ Niles, hopeful. Uh, which school? Which what's, what's your team, AJ? Let us know which what's your school. If uh, I'm trying to see why why are you hopeful? Who's who's uh, who's your who's your school? Uh, A and T Roy relieved. Yeah, you got that dub. Because <laughs> I realistically, if they didn't get that dub, it was going to be tough for them to find one the rest of this year with the schedule that they had. Not saying they were going to go over, but quietly Albany State. Three and zero in conference. How about a team that's a dead? Let me. That brings me. You know what? Let Let's transition to to that for a second. While while it came up, how about five teams in the SIC sitting unbeaten in conference play? Is and that no. not going to make for a outstanding next five weeks? Are you talking about like every week? Get your popcorn ready, and let's see how it shakes down in the SIC because everybody's fighting for two spots. And then what's weird is who's going to be that dark horse? Like, can somebody, for example, like an Allen or an Edward Waters, for example, somebody who is not unbeaten but has to go through a few of these teams that are right now that might play spoiler and find themselves sitting up there on that two, three, Maybe even one line. Now, now you got. I got to look at the schedule and see. Yeah, yeah. I, we got obviously to, that's a obviously, good breakdown. Obviously, we know the heavyweight fight this weekend is Miles Benedict. If yes. you are a, especially if you're a Division Two uh, football fan, you know this. This is a light heavyweight championship fight. That, that's the best way to put it, but it should be the feature card. You, you've got the top two offenses and the top two defenses in the SIEC facing off against each other, and somebody's going to walk away with an L. Right. So uh, I wish I could be at that game. Uh, let's see. We've got Tuskegee, who is – who is three and O Tuskegee? I mean, they they've got Morehouse this week. Should be should be an easy dub. Tus, looking at the schedule, Tuskegee probably has the easiest schedule right now remaining of of, of these teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, no no offense, Joshua, but they've got Morehouse, Edward Waters, Savannah State, and Clark. They won't get tested, potentially won't get tested again until Miles won the last game of the season, which is a rival game. So anything goes in that game. Right. Uh, let, let, let's let's look at Miles. Go ahead. Well, hold on. Before you go to Miles, you see Josh put up the next four. This is what I'm talking about. Now, Lane just got their first win. I, You know, you never want to count a dub, but we're going to count a dub, uh, especially at home for homecoming. You better get that dub. Um, so then you're talking about Tuskegee. Albany State and Allen, you know, so. And that's after you've already played Benedict and Fort Valley, if you ever was. Correct. 
Correct. So Correct. they they had the toughest schedule in the SIEC, hands oh, down. Hands down, hands down. Hands and down. now they seem like they're rounding into shape or sort of like a like they know who they are. Like I watched them. They run their tempo. I remember at the beginning of the year, I gave a lot of praise to Jackson State, how they ran their tempo. Yeah. Edward Waters runs their tempo like that. They were they were getting off plays in like 10 seconds, Drew. And I'm telling you, they the, the two little water bugs they got as receivers. <laughs> I tell you what, gotta be ready for this team. Uh do not sleep on uh Edward Waters down the stretch. That'll be interesting um let me quick quickly go through these other and o teams uh in the siec to talk about this remaining schedule miles we know they're playing benedict uh morehouse allen albany state tuskegee not an easy role for the golden bear not easy at all not that that of of all the teams that are left that may be the toughest uh back half of the schedule of any of the teams that we have that are and o Fort Valley, remaining games, Savannah State, Benedict, Morehouse, uh, non-conference with, at, uh, with Lynchburg and Albany State. Obviously, Benedict and Albany State are going to be those two matchups that you want to circle on their, on their schedule. Speaking of Albany State, Central State, Allen, Everwaters, Miles, Fort Valley. That's a hell of a way to close out your schedule with Miles and Fort Valley back-to-back in the last two weeks of the season if you're Albany State. Uh, you know, scheduling the schedulers, the guy, the, the, the guy or gal who did the scheduling for the SIC, man, not they're not, not nice at all. Not but here, nice. here's the thing for Albany State the Edward Waters game becomes the trap game because you've got Allen the week before Edward Waters and Miles the week after Edward Waters. Chance for Edward Waters to sneak in and get one right there mm. because that, I mean, that. That's a trap game for Albany State if they're not paying attention. Uh-huh. And did I hit everybody off? Benedict. Benedict, yeah. Miles, Fort Valley, Kentucky State, Savannah State, and Allen in a rival game. That, See, so, so put it like this. Here's what I think. Here's what I think. Honest, honest opinion. Of the five remaining games, everybody has at least three against the top five teams. Doesn't it sound that way? No, no, you're shaking your head. Who does not have a matchup against the top five? Te- Obviously, well, let me and and, and, and Tuskegee has the easiest schedule. I'm including I'm including Allen because they're sitting right off the five line. They're sitting there at number six. So okay, uh, hold on, hold on. Uh, wait, on. Allen. Uh, okay, yeah, Allen sits at two and one in conference play. Uh, yes, I know Edward Waters is two and two. So let's just say okay. So who doesn't play? Who doesn't have at least three games against one of those next five opponents? Tuskegee. Really? Which is why which is why I picked Tuskegee initially to be in the championship game because of the just simply because of their schedule. Once again, Morehouse, Edward Waters, Savannah State, Clark Atlanta, Miles. If you go by right now by conference standings, Miles is the only game that they play with somebody who would be considered who would be considered in the upper half of the conference. Who's unbeaten right now. And who happens to be unbeaten. Yeah. Tuskegee and they don't, has, they don't has play the Fort Valley. Game. Well, they've already, they, they've already Fort, played Fort Valley didn't count. Oh, wow. It, 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 wow. That one did that was a non-conference. Okay. So that one didn't count. And so that leaves you don't have Benedict on the schedule this year. No. 
Wow. That okay. I, I mean, I'm, 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 Tuskegee's not healthy right now, and they're and they're still undefeated in the conference. Tuskegee remains where they are and gets healthy. There's no way Tuskegee is not one of the two representatives in the SIEC championship game. Mm, look at Drew. No, uh, I, I'm just saying it's just going to depend on if they if they can get their, their key players back or not lose any additional players from where they are right now. Man, no no bias there, ladies and gentlemen. That's no just, bi- uh... no bias. It's just looking at the numbers. <laughs> hey, uh, let me ask this question before we go to a break. And this question, shout out to everybody here. So I want you guys to all think about this. Who had the best win of the day or, you know, the weekend? And I'm th- these are my five candidates. Now, obviously, you can, you can choose to go with your own, but – Let's stick to see if we can stick to these five. Here are my candidates. Who had the best win of the weekend? Was it Livingstone at home against Bowie State? How about Edward Waters holding off Savannah State on the road? How about North Carolina Central double overtime victory over Campbell, having to rally with four unanswered touchdowns in the second half? How about Hampton University getting the first conference win of the season at Richmond? And or how about Grambling ending a five-game losing streak in the State Fair Classic to preview? Now they are on a three-game winning streak. Now they are sitting in first place in the SWAC West. That's the five. That's tough. I'm going to come back and ask you, Drew, after the break. Some people are already chiming in, and uh, we'll, we'll take a look at the responses from everybody right after the break. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap right here on the Black College Sports Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. 
with me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Okay, welcome back to the BCSM Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford, AD Drew here. Uh, want to want to ask? Let me re re engage you guys with that question here. Coming out of the break, Drew. Best win from the weekend. My five candidates. You got Livingstone, thirty-one twenty-eight over Bowie. Edward Waters with a twenty-six twenty-five road win at Savannah State. North Carolina Central double overtime home win over Campbell. Hampton on the road beating Richmond or Grambling, uh, ending a five-game losing streak to Prairie View in the State Fair Classic. Tough one there to think about, but what do you got? Central would have to be the best win. When you consider the fact they were down, I believe, was it 21? If I recall the right, 35-14, if, if my memory serves me correct, to come back. Uh, yes, because uh, touchdowns and took the lead. Force overtime. Uh, yeah, I think that would be number one. The most shocking would be the Livingstone game, Livingstone Bowie State. And for honorable mention, I would have to say the respect game was the Grambling Prairie View game. Respect me game. <laughs> the respect me game. Yes. Let's well, let's be real. We we've been saying any one of five teams could come out the West, and it would not shock anyone. But let's be real. How many of us really were giving Grambling the recognition and the respect that they could actually come out the West? Grambling is a classic name that we know, but, you know, everybody had Alcorn coming out. Everybody had Prairie, has Prairie View coming out. Everyone has Southern coming out. How many people truly picked Grambling? It wouldn't shock people if Grambling came out, but no, but most people did not truly pick Grambling. Grambling now says, give me my respect. That's what that State Fair Classic victory meant. Two, Drew. The answer is two. There I were know two I was not people. one of them. There were two people at the SWAT media day that somehow picked them to finish first in the West. You forgot about that? Where, did they vote for themselves? I'm just I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be funny. Supposedly that doesn't happen. 
So right. that we doesn't happen. Let's, all right, let's put it like this. You know Southern didn't vote for him. <laughs> <laughs> look, look. Don't, don't get me to try to I figure it out. I guarantee you those two votes came from somebody in the East. I... <laughs> You know what? Who knows? It could have been two people from the East. Who knows? You know, <laughs> I know there were only two schools that didn't get a vote. In uh, you know. look and see who Grambling does not have on their schedule. Those will probably be your candidates of the people who voted for them. <laughs> yeah. So um, I know they don't yeah. have FAMU this year. So maybe one came from uh, FAMU. Maybe Josh voted for him. I gotta go. You know, I'm, I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna go. And like I said, I was there. I watched the Edward Waters win. I'm aware of the significance, or maybe, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not giving it real credit to Livingstone. Living is it Livingstone or Livingstone? I always feel Stone. like Stone. Stone. Livingstone. Um, what is their historical record? Like when you go and look at Livingstone. And their record. I mean, the fact that on the, the the fact that they did that on the blue turf at at their home field. Um, I mean, look, this isn't Damon Wilson's Bowie State, but still, they're they're a respectable program. You know, they 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 still uh, they're, they're still a good team by most accounts, right? There's a lot of respect still there, a lot of yeah. players. Um, I, I just think the history pick, people picked them to come out the north. People did pick them to come out the north, exactly. So that's my one A. And my number two is Hampton over Richmond. Because again, predictions were that Hampton was going to be the worst dead last in the uh cologne what cologne I don't even know what the CAA I'm not even gonna get into it. I heard Continental. Continental. <laughs> what Josh called it the Colonel. <laughs> CAA, I'm CAA, right? And I, I I keep telling you after watching Hampton, what they do running the ball, that quarterback that they have at Hampton, um and again, the one loss to Norfolk State statistically shouldn't have been a loss. And, and look at the fact that you see A&T beat Norfolk State, I bet Hampton's kicking themselves uh, that they lost that game. I don't know what the rest of the season's going to turn out for Hampton, and maybe they can keep it going. But they looked the part. They looked the part. You know, when you when you talk about who has who has dudes at the quarterback position, guys that can just – get it done uh Hampton's Hampton's got that and so I I I don't you know that's gonna be my number two I I just think look so I know who else beat Richmond this year uh uh someone else beat Richmond help me out I, I wrote it I was looking at the I was looking at the the MEAC so uh, I saw someone say in the post that Richmond was it Howard who beat Richmond? Yeah, I believe so. Morgan, Morgan, Morgan. Morgan. Thank you, thank you, Dave. Um, Morgan beat Richmond. So you know, and and Morgan was a was a was a a minute away from beating an FCS team. So look, I... for for Morgan's only victory, 
<laughs> yes, I, I get it. It's their only, but still, I mean, let's just, let's just, let's just wait to see um, where, where Hampton goes from hey. here, because I, I think that's a, that's a legit, legit squad. I, I don't think they're going to be pushed over uh, going the rest of the season, in my opinion. Hey, Brian. Yeah. I do want to step back on that Savannah State Edward Waters victory. Uh-huh. Let's think back. One class, 2019. You have a Savannah State who's transitioning from FCS and an Edward Waters who's beginning the process to transition from NAIA to Division II. Right. And these paths have crossed a couple of times, but these paths crossed this time. So is that saying Edward Waters is doing this while Savannah State is doing this, Brian, because of that in one class? Uh, ooh. Because we know we know the investment that Edward Waters has made in where well, you and I know a lot of people listening to us may not know the investment that Edward Waters has made into its athletic programs and its facilities because we've we've seen it firsthand. We've seen the growth mm-hmm. going from Edward Waters College to Edward Waters University, having their own uh football stadium on campus, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The 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 improvements that they made in Adam Jenkins Center and everything. We've known some of the struggles that Savannah State has had uh, financially, which was part of the reason that they made the transition down. The it, Unless you live in Georgia, you don't understand the state funding that our HBCUs do not get from the state of Georgia here in, in this particular state. Now, Athletic director Opio Marshariki is doing a great job with the cards that he's played. But is this kind of showing the trajectory of these two programs? And let's be real. Ever since Sean Quinn left the program, the Pulse has kind of left that program also. Well, I, let me let me let me push back on that a little bit because I think uh coach Aaron Kelton, now at Savannah State, um has had a full year to I mean, again remember he came in he came after, in late he came in after spring very late very late so the fact that which they ca- went which kind of goes back to what I was saying with the hurdles that some of these state schools have to deal with in Georgia anyway I'll let me not get you I, off. I mean look I no no I mean I look I, I don't know the correlation between I, you probably more aware of the correlation financially than me. So I, I, I'm not going to speak to that. I'm just going to look at it from, you know, the timing and, you know, coaching personalities, uh, coaching styles. And, and, and from that perspective, from what I've seen, um, it takes a minute to change from the type of offense that Savannah state had and the type of offense that they were running. Um, that they wanted to run when they started spring ball, you know, because of the offensive coordinator who was the interim, who was really a lot of the players were warning and hoping that he would be retained for whatever reason that didn't happen. 
So they come in with a new coach. So new coach has to go a different direction. That doesn't, you know, doesn't you get guys that potentially transfer and the portals happening. That team going five and five last year was probably a great coaching job by Coach Kelton. You know, this year they started off two and two. Uh, they have had a tough schedule from the get go, uh, and they probably should be could be three and one. I mean, they they if the offense was a little bit tighter, and then look. So they've they've lost the last two weeks. They've lost games that were winnable games. So are they are about a five hundred team right now? But that is going to quickly, uh, quickly change because I see what's there, and it's a young talent, young defense. Um, they got a they got a quarterback who's going to develop. You know who's going to get better. That's going to change, and and I think I don't know if the teams are going. How whatever direction, however you held your hands to go this way or that way, I don't really know. But but <laughs> I know this: the SIC is a lot tougher this year than I think it has been over the last four seasons, five seasons that I've been paying attention to it. To be honest with you, I mean, obviously, look at what look at what we have. We teams again: Savannah State, Edward Waters, Allen University, three of your newest teams in the last what five ten years yes all three of them are sitting in the middle of the pack with two conference wins and are challenging they're competitive against the top five teams who are all unbeaten which is another thing i think is impressive the fact that you have five unbeatens and my last point about the sic go look at the passing numbers you know i i i hear uh, obviously because of what i do and, you know, with the ONG strike zone and we cover fam and I, I hear about the SWAC and the, the, the SIC through five games have one, two. Well, they got one passer who's over 1,500 yards and then they have. Uh, I'd say three other passers that are just at about 1,200 yards or more per game or in total, right? And this conference, that was not this conference four years ago. This conference was a a ground and pound, chew you up and spit you out, play good defense kind of conference. And now you see better passing, more talent from the quarterback position, receivers that are pretty doggone good, and and the defense is, is still as stout as it has been. So... You know, I, I it's got to add up in the playoffs, obviously, you know, um, and, and maybe it will this upcoming year. But I, I think the SIC is is a fun league to watch and pay attention to. And I think the storylines in the SIC, Drew, are going to be a thousand times more exciting to talk about than what's happening in the CIAA, I, I think. So, all right, let me, uh, let's, let's make mention here for a second. We got to talk about that, that game of the, of the weekend, uh, North Carolina central getting the overtime win over Campbell Davius Richard ties the school record with four rushing touchdowns. The first to achieve that total since 1999, 
He rushed for 86 yards and four scores, passed for 265 yards and another touchdown. Latrell Mookie Collier rushed for 77 yards and two touchdowns, including the 25-yard end zone run or touchdown run that uh, in overtime – um, to to essentially tie the game, and then they needed the extra point to win, which they did get. Uh, both teams, Campbell and North Carolina Central, combined for 857 yards of total offense. Central, 447 yards. Campbell, 410 yards. Um, another game that, and and I and I say this because we're gonna we're gonna do a little comparison shopping here. Um, so I, and this is why, this is why I mentioned at the start, Florida A&M went on the road. Well, let me backtrack for a second. North Carolina central closed as a three point underdog at home. Just want to, want to make that, make that clear. Three point underdog at home. Um, Florida A&M went on the road to Itabina, Mississippi and, Coming from Florida, that's an eight-hour bus trip. That's a long road. The team stayed in Jackson, Mississippi, and um, it was tough sledding. <laughs> As FAMU got out to a 10 to nothing lead in the first quarter, um, it was a 10 to 7 game at halftime. Uh, folks were freaking out. Phones blowing up during my broadcast, asking me if I'm watching. I'm like, I'm not watching the game. I'm doing a game, but uh flashbacks That's why you put your phone on silent brian i i do exactly flashbacks, do not deserve flashbacks the two years ago where um, they had to come make the miracle come back they had to kind of they got a lead had to come back and uh and do what they did and then all of a sudden you know fam you kind of got things going late in the third quarter into the fourth quarter um in terms of total offense it wasn't pretty by any stretch of the imagination, um, bam, you only amassed 304 yards of total offense. Uh, the defense for FAMU held Mississippi Valley to 149 yards. Uh, FAMU only ran 49 plays. And, and so when you run 49 plays, Drew, what does that tell you? <laughs> Either you're scoring quickly or you got a lot of three and outs. Yeah. And, and, uh, by by my count, as I'm looking at the drive chart, let me see. There's a four plays and punt, four plays and punt, three punt, three punt. Um, let's see, three and a possession, five plays, interception, and, and that was all before. Oh, that oh was yeah, all, turnovers. Yeah, and, and so that was all the first. I mean, there was a, let's see, the defense scored the only touchdown in the first half. They did get a field goal in one particular drive, but you had one, two, three, four, five, six, six of the first seven offensive possessions yielded uh, nothing. You had four punts, two turnovers, and a field goal. And so, and, and what's crazy is the time of possession on these, Drew. A minute and 10, a minute five, 313, minute 31, minute 35, 40 seconds, 244. You, you know mean, what that is? You know what that's a recipe for, Brian? Yeah. It's a recipe for an upset because your defense is on the field for too doggone long. 
And well, and now here's the question because I don't have the drive chart in front of me. Yeah. What were what was Valley's time of possession after all those three and outs? Just out of curiosity. Well, it, it's funny you asked that because Valley's possessions were about just as bad. And, and this is why they, they were. They really were. They had, yes, they were. They was a, a three-possession drive in a minute 40. Then, of course, um, they actually fumbled, which ended up being a, a FAMU touchdown defense score. That was the three plays, uh, 51 seconds. Then you had a Valley three plays, negative one yards in a minute 46 punt. Three plays, negative one, and 234 punt. Valley uh, out on downs, 12 plays, 72-yard drive. That's the drive that probably killed them. That was the longest drive they had. That was 8-14. Valley, Valley's game, and again, I'm full disclosure, didn't watch it, didn't watch it yet. I'm looking at the stat chart. Here. And I know you guys, Rattler Nation, who who are on the in the feeds, I'm making you relive something that's real miserable. Um, but the defense showed up and held on until what? You finally started kicking in the wins. So uh FAMU wins by 24 points. They were a 27-point favorite when the line opened. It was 30. Drew, I don't know who was betting it up to 30. I, I I swear. I watched it go up to 30, Drew, and I was like, I only have enough money where I need to have money freely to do what I want to to, to put on Valley because I, I could have told anybody if you wanted to really know that uh, a thir- as a third, you weren't going to cover. They weren't going to cover 30. That That's just not in the makeup. Wait a minute. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't cover at home the week before. The two well, weeks before. Hey, uh, I, I told you the stat. The stat is now it's a real thing. One in five against the spread under Coach Simmons as a favorite of 17 points and more. That's one. And three of those five losses against the spread are all to Valley. So if anything Valley does to, to FAMU, it, it, you know, the line gets set high, Valley finds a way to cover. I don't know if Valley does that to anyone else in the SWAC. That might be a great analytic thing i'm gonna have to go look up i I may share that with uh with you next week i'm gonna go look at valley against the spread because i know they catch a lot of double digit spreads and i'm just kind of curious who who they cover against and who they don't cover against um (laughs) so i just thought i'd put that out there and then the other team how about hampton three and one one and oh in the conference uh against richmond uh, at Richmond, they were an 11 point underdog, right? 497 yards of total offense. That's what they do. I told you, Hampton, they rack up yards. <laughs> they just do. Uh, a very even ball game 256 in the air, 241 on the ground, uh, 27 first downs in the ball game, 34 minutes time of possession. Um, I wanted to go real quick here to the individuals and yeah, Chris, uh, Chris zealous 24, 34 passing two fifty six one one touchdown, one INT uh, Elijah butts, 115 net yards. Uh, Darren butts or Elijah Burris, excuse me, 115 net uh, Darren butts, 67 net yards. And then Chris Zellis ran for 60 net yards and scored two times. Uh, that's why I'm telling you, Chris Zellis, pay attention to that name. 
So, Drew, three teams. Everyone has sort of, in most people's polls, voted either North Carolina Central or Florida A&M, one, two, in our polls last week, Hampton. Where was Hampton last week? In the hunt. Uh, I know in one yeah, particular Hampton was poll, just outside. I, I think in somebody's poll that I'm a, a voter for, I voted Hampton a top four team. Let me ask this question of you. If you're if you're voting, if you have a poll, well, you are a poll member. So let me ask you then. One, two, and three. How are you ranking today after five weeks of the football season? Florida AM, Central, and Hampton. And I'm not just asking you based on the season, but I, I think all of them have had good seasons. But as you think about what they just did this past week, who was more impressive and how are you ranking them going into this week? Yeah. And for you guys Fan out you there. Fanview at three. I'll go in reverse order. Fanview right. at three. Okay. Uh, struggled, against, struggled against a Valley team they should not have struggled against. You, you – was the line too high, Drew? Be honest. Was the line I, I, it's, too high? It's not, even, it's not even about the line. Okay. It's, it's about the struggle on the field. Okay. That's fair. Valley is – there are 128 teams in FCS. Valley is 128 of 128. Amen. I got you. You're right. FAMU, depending on what poll, what rating system – Whatever you are, you're in the top quadrant, minimum. I don't care which rating system or poll you look at, you are in the top quadrant mm-hmm. of all those teams. And I'm talking about in FCS, not just HBCU. And you struggled against the worst team. You laid an egg. I don't know if this was a trap game where Fabi was looking ahead to Southern this upcoming weekend or what, but it, it, it was not impressive. So, FAMU is three. At two, I have to uh, – you're going to hurt me for this one. I have to put Central. Mm-hmm. I have to put Central at, at two. Uh, can't, can't get UCLA out of my head, first of all. I'm just being real. I'm just being real. And you are a home dog, right? In this particular game, and and had to come back to force mm-hmm. overtime. Uh-huh. Now you were able to win in overtime, but the, you know somebody saw something out there to make you a home dog, because that that sh- that should not happen when you're a team at the caliber of the Central. You should not be a home dog. So. That leaves Hampton as as the number one, and Hampton should have beaten Norfolk. Yes, they should have. Now, that's the of the losses that these teams have on the board. That is the bad loss of these three teams, hands down. Yeah, and when you consider that it's a loss to an FCS opponent. But you should have beaten Ham. I mean, you should have beaten Norfolk, who 
is better than we expected them to be, but it's an average team at best. So you you won a conference game in a let's be real. When you look at the conference standings or the conference predictions back in July, don't Hanton was predicted to finish dead last. Mm-hmm. You were predicted to go over. So you're already ahead of the curve, Hampton. You win no other conference games. You are already ahead of the curve. So, and last but not least, Hampton is the HBCU killers. So this is, <laughs> for, for me, Brian, this is an HBCU ranking, me being an HBCU poster. I have to give the HBCU killers their props in an HBCU ranking that I am going to do. Um, just to give you some 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 metric and some numbers, I I charted what the analytic rating system from Massey Ratings thought of every game before the season started. Okay. Hampton had a 4% chance, according to Massey, of beating Richmond. This was before the season even started. Okay. Last week, you know, coming out of after week four, I just went back and looked again just to say, okay, what do the numbers say? Have they updated at all? It did update for Hampton. It went from 4% to 7%. (laughs) It almost doubled, Brian. Yes, yes. They had a 7% chance of winning. You know, a margin of about 20. They were an, look, them being an 11-point underdog was small time because really, according to the numbers, it was like a 20-point margin. 7% 7% they ended up winning that contest 31 uh what was the final hold on i had it i had it pulled up 31 14 they practically flipped the score on what was supposed to happen to them i i mean there's a serious debate that should be happening in hbcu circles a lot of media people some people listen to our show some people are turning in their votes Hampton Hampton deserves some strong consideration in your rankings, in your, excuse me, in your polls, because polls are humans, as the number one team in HBCU football. <gasps> how dare he? Oh, my God. How dare he? Yes, I know. I said it. I Yes, I said it. Hampton, the team that's not in an HBCU conference. But on resume, on resume, and given what the other two teams have done who are the the elite teams, FAMU and uh, uh, North Carolina Central, okay? And again, this is not last year's North Carolina Central. This is not last year's FAMU, even though they, yes, they have the same quarterback. They have the same tailbacks and some of the same skill guys on defense. That was last year's team. So miss me with that. They're the defending blah, blah, blah. Nah, this is a new year. But I'm just going off of straight. They're not the defending. They're last year's champions. Exactly. They're last year's champions. That's it. Okay. Um, On the surface, I I think a strong argument could be made for for Hampton as as that team. So uh, let me me transition for a second um, because – 
I also, did you find those band rankings? Yes, I've got them. Let's hear the, let's do, let's do that while we got a little bit of time before we talk to, to coach Ferrasi coming up at the top of the hour. Let's talk about the band ranking. Who, who are you, whose side are you pulling from? So that way I can, I can take a look as well. Game day. All right. HBCUgameday.com band rankings. All right. All right. So go ahead, break it down for us. What do we got? All right. And this, uh, Shout out to Stephen J. Gaither for for uh, putting out this article. And I did talk to John Grant before we get in, into this. I said this earlier. One thing that I asked uh, Mr. Grant was how many performances have been rated? So for the month of September, each band submitted their top performance. So we've had one, one performance rated. Okay. There will be one performance rated in October and one through November. The th- the three let me, hold performances. On, let, me, let me go go ahead and finish. I'm sorry before I, I let you finish. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And then I'll ask the question. Okay. The three performances are judged independent of each other. Okay. Then they are kind kind of like kind of like with class, Brian. Each each assignment is graded individually, and then you take the whole thing when it comes grading time to figure out if you got an A, a B, or whatever. So that that's kind of the process on how this thing is being done this particular year. So, uh, any questions on that thus far? So I know he had said at the beginning, he being uh, Mr. Grant, he had said that they wanted to sort of be completed or have the rank or have these ratings completed by mid-November. So if you're submitting something in November, are you essentially maybe what, submitting your first week or first two weeks performance is that probably and i'm just guessing because i did not ask that question that's a good question uh probably i would say maybe around division two championship games Uh to kind of cut it off for everybody which is the second week of november i do remember him saying in i don't know if it was our interview or the interview on it was one of the interviews we had on the black college sports network uh, that he said that the things such as Bayou would not be included, Turkey Day would not be included, and I'm not a hundred percent sure whether those entity your classes like the uh, like the Florida Classic, the Soul Bowl, uh, all those classics, the third week were they going to be included? Or not that one's what I do not remember. I I don't think they are. I I think. The idea is because you have because you want to give teams enough people tired to make uh, their arrangements. Right. I, I was under the impression he wanted to have the announcement done before the week of Thanksgiving, which is that week heading into the Bayou. So that way you had because uh, if you have the week of the Bayou. You had the SWAC championship the following week as well as the first week of 
Division two playoffs. Then there's two weeks. So so at least you have four weeks. Yeah. So I, I so I, I think so pretty much heading into the week of the Florida Classic and the the end of the MEAC schedule, that's when that announcement would come out. And that's that's yeah. a that's unofficial based on my what I heard him say at the press conference and then talking to him post press conference back at the beginning of the year about the band of the year. So, all right, let's take a look at the rankings. Again, there's two divisions. You've got a division one and sort of a mid-major division two slash NAIA, right? Correct. Uh, quickly, uh, we're just going to go through the top. When you do the top five, Brian, you're going to go all the way down the list. Now let's go. Let's go all the way down the list. This is the first one. I'll, I'll go quickly. Okay, go ahead. It's 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 the first one, so everybody can. See, uh, in case you haven't seen, it, you can see where your team is at. Fifteen, Edward Waters. Fourteen, Albany State. Thirteen, Clark Atlanta. Twelve, Fayetteville State. Eleven, Miles. Ten, Winston Salem State. Nine, Benedict. 8, Tuskegee, 7, Savannah State, 6, Elizabeth City State, 5, Central State, 4, Mississippi, 5, Central State, 4, Fort Valley, 3, Virginia State, 2, Florida Memorial, and 1, Langston. Interesting that we have two NAIAs, not only in the top 5, Brian, but City 1, 2, and I'm going to say this. Shame that a third NAIA cannot be included because they don't have a football team to perform for, that being the Talladega March Tornadoes. Yeah, that's uh they have a marching band though? Yes. They have a good band. Where do they perform at? Competitions. I'm like outside, I'll, I'll probably outside the local stuff, you know, parades and stuff like that. But competitions, huh? I feel like I feel like there should be room for them if they like perform at maybe a high school halftime show or something. I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. But anyway, let's, let's. hey 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 anybody out there from Talladega, at me. I got a place that y'all can perform. I'm just gonna leave it right there. At uh, me. So. I have heard Florida Memorial's band. Um, they are they are pretty good. Seen their performances. Um, Florida Memorial, Will, you won't hear at me if you want to get on the road. At me, I got a place that you can perform. <laughs> Langston, um, that's interesting. How does that juxtapose against uh, Doctor Cavill's? I'm just curious. Did you recall his his uh, more recent? I- because because the scoring metrics are different. Are different, I know they are. I know. Yes, uh, those so who's two his teams. Are, who was his ma- uh, mid major number? Benedict one? is his mid major double one. I do know that. And on this, Benedict is number nine. Yeah, and I don't remember beyond Benedict being. I just remember the number one on the mid major, and I know Norfolk was the number one. On the major, followed by Southern. 
I want to say Texas Southern and then the jukebox, if I've got that. And I'm going off the top of my head, which Dr. Kavir was on, but I know he's traveling today, so he probably uh, hasn't had opportunity to tune in. Now, the committee. And I don't have my notes from last week. The committee that chairs or the committee that reviews everything here is co-chaired by Jackson State Director of Band Emeritus, Professor Dow Taylor, and Dr. Julian E. White, FAMU Director of Bands Emeritus. Um, again, these are this is a committee of, and if I recall, uh, Don Roberts, who we had on our show, the G Strike Zone, he mentioned that directors from the FCS level or Division One level are judging the non-Division Ones and then vice versa. The non-Division Ones uh, would be judging the Division One. Is that... Is that how you interpret that? I don't know. Did Steven say, I'm just kind of reading through. I don't know if Steven had stated that in his article or not. Uh, now, I notice they also have rankings for auxiliaries. Yeah, that's just a breakdown. Right. How to how break down. So Langston with the yeah. number one in terms of auxiliaries. Uh, Florida Memorial, number one for drum majors. For musicality, Central State. Who was what was Central State overall? Five? Yes. Yeah, that's interesting because they, they rank high. They rank high on drum majors. They rank high on musicality, percussions. I think I just saw them. Oh no, that's that's where they're hurting. Uh, they're not even in the top ten for percussions. That belongs to Fayetteville State. Drill marching and maneuvering. That actually goes to Florida Memorial. Um, so it says in the article, the next update will come in late October. So when you say they are independent, so whatever these teams are doing, so you could theoretically see, I'm just going to say Benedict because they're number nine in this ranking, but we know they're high in Dr. Cavill's rankings. You can see Benedict jumping all the way to number one or two? No, no. What what happens is let let's just stay with excuse me. Let's just say right now, Florida Memorial has a ninety eight score. Yeah. Now the next performance they get an eighty eight score. Uh huh. So so now you have an average of a ninety three, correct? Uh yes yes okay. Let's say right now, Benedict is sitting at an 88, and next time they get a 98. So now they have an average of a 93. Gotcha. So those two are now tied, and wherever the new scale is, we're determined one, two, three, four, five. Mm. Ah, beautiful. Okay. Well, great explanation. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Let's go to the division. One level. I know this one got people fired up. I, I saw the I saw the post. I saw people's comments from a few serial tweeters on uh, <laughs> on uh, on on Friday. <laughs> so, all right, go ahead, run them down. Who you got? 
Uh, Top fifteen. I got nothing right now because you know, oh, you I, know got I hit the wrong. No, I, I was gonna it. say I had the dog gonna pop up that they have on their site popped up over here. I was gonna say Damn I have you, it Steve. I, I, I got it. Hey man, hey man, y'all make that money. Y'all you just got you just you ass. just got you just got three cents from me, Steve. Ah, <laughs> uh, here you go. I got the, I got it pulled up here. All right, here we go. Uh, okay. Fifteen. UAPB, Musical Marching Machine, The Mid-South, 14, Howard, Showtime, 13, Texas, Ocean of Soul, number 12, Hampton, Marching Force, number 11, Alabama State, Marching Hornets, number 10, South Carolina State, Marching 101, number 9, Prairie Views, Marching Storm, number 8, Gramlin State, World Fame, Number seven, Tennessee State's Aristocrat of Bands. Number six, FAMU's Marching 100. Number five, Norfolk State, Spartan Legion. Number four, Jackson State, Sonic Boom of the South. Number three, Bethune-Cookman's Marching Wildcats. Number two, North Carolina A&T's Blue and Gold Marching Machine. Number one, Southern's, Southern's Human Jukebox. Just got one criticism, Steve. Constructive criticism. Because I would never criticize any of any of your writing, but if you're gonna include the name of the bands on the D on the D one level, can we include the name of the bands in the article for the for the under D ones, the non division ones? There's a there's a quiz on the name of these marching bands at the end of the show. Um, yeah, just just if, if if you help me out with that, Steve, so because those uh, division two bands deserved deserve the respect of having their names uh, mentioned also. Okay. Now, here's what I'm more interested in. Let's go to the auxiliaries. That would be for the uh, the, the the dancing girls, as, some, as we like to call them in the old school terminology. Um, number one, the Prancing J-Sets. Okay. Number two, the 14 Carat Dancers. Southern University's Fabulous Dancing Dolls come in at number three. Number four, Orcasis. I guess that is the Grambling State ladies. And number five, A&T's Golden Delight. Very surprised that who I don't see on here is Alcorn's... Uh, ooh, what do they call the Alcorn? The... Uh, Somebody help me out. What's Alcorn's Alcorn State? They're called the anyway, uh, Golden something. Um, but anyway, that that's the that's the auxiliaries. Uh, where I, Dave? What did I shake my head on? I don't know. Did I shake my head? I don't know. I, remember, I was just as a twitch. Yeah. Don't pay, don't pay attention to me. Hey, um, I, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, Brian. Yeah. The one that's kind of shocked me that's so low are the stingets. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what the stingettes are overshadowed by the honeybees. Can I? Can I? Can I? Can I honestly tell you? I don't even like the stingettes performed at the last game at Bragg. That's not who everyone was talking about. Even before they people, I didn't even know who the stingettes were. Everyone was talking about the honeybees, and if you know, you know. So, I you know I I I. I so good for the Stingettes for making it. And I wonder, I wonder 
should the honeybees have a spot on here? Why why aren't the, are the honeybees even being considered? You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Uh, big drum drum major showdown coming up this weekend. As uh, I may have read that wrong. Bethune is one, FAMU two. I thought I saw Southern as one. Nope. Okay, so but Bethune is one, FAMU's two. Uh, that must be a misprint. But anyway, um, musicality. Um, musicality. Let's see who who's who's number one on musicality. I'm gonna make sure I'm on the right page. Southern, Southern, really? Hey, tell Drew to take that phone off speaker. Uh, you, dang, you hear that? Yeah, I can hear it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's little Drew. Yeah, what up, little Drew? Uh, musicality, come on now. You telling me that, that that's bo- that, that's distinct boom and box bias. That will get. Hold on, I don't know. Will it get settled this weekend? I don't know where the marching one hundred traveling these days. Uh if they even travel that at all. Yeah, well, that won't get resolved this weekend. So, you know what? I'm going to shut my mouth. Uh, let me see. Percussion. A&T. Really? Okay. A&T. Look at y'all. Followed by Bethune. Okay. Uh, what else? Drill, marching, maneuvering. Man. Jackson State, Southern Tennessee State, FAMU four. Okay, well at least you know y'all can't y'all can't say it's uh biased you know towards Florida A and M. You can't say that, but um, I will say though there's an interesting uh, Edwin. What bias? What is he talking about? What is I he think he's talking about my comment. I say I think that sometimes there's a, there's boom or box bias. Uh, every time you see these, every time you see a, a band thing. It's going to be either the boom or the box at the top. But can I say I think there's value, and, and there's no dis, and there's no disrespect to them not saying that they're not good. But I, you know, it's kind of like baseball: the tie goes to the runner. But hold on, let me the tie let me, let goes me, to the boom or the box. But, but let me let me let me let me ask this, Drew. Hold on, let me let, let me let me throw this at you and think about this. What game or what event do you not see? The jukebox or the sonic boom at like I, I'm curious. Very I few. really am. I, Very I feel like I feel like they travel. Let's see. There's 11 games. Uh, I bet you they are at at least eight games of the 11 between home away and classics. A home away and classics. I feel like they're at eight. Might be nine of the 11. Somebody do the math and tell me. And I think that matters. Whereas my beloved. University's marching band used to travel is only probably at half of the teams. Eleven, it, it, it's home or classics. It's home or classics. They they very rarely of late have done road games. Uh, Dave said A T is eight out of the eleven this season, and so where I'm going with that to be said is when you you talk and I'm going to add on you talk about that perceived bias well when you're everywhere people can actually form a a a a liking an allegiance you you form that reputation because you're everywhere you're at every game you're in the stand you're playing you're you're so you're saying my you're saying that bias is justified 
I don't know if bias is the right word. Because bias, hey, bias may not be the right word. It, it's it's uh their visibility. It's, it's called visibility. It's showing up. It's like who's there, you know? It, it, it's how can I? And, and you're engaged with the game, you know. That's the one thing I, I do I do like about you know Southern, and I like that about um, Jackson State. They they what what my 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 dear late friend as Kofi would say they are stand bands. They do a great job in the stands, getting the crowd excited. I, I I miss that. That's all I'm gonna say. And if you know, you know. I miss that. When I go to games in Tallahassee, I miss that. When I go to classics, Quick. I miss that. Yeah. Yeah. Quickly before we head to break, Brian, uh Dr. Gavia just shot me his uh top seven. So just just for comparison. Oh yeah, let's, let's do, compare. How's that? How's that and, compare? And, and, and I'll go seven up. Let's go with uh you, you pull up the the band of the year D two and I D2. and I'll go down the mid okay. majors for Dr. Cavillo. Started at seven. Uh-huh. Well, we, we can go top we can go ten because he's got his receiving votes. So I'll go uh I'll go the whole ten. Number ten, Albany State, number nine, Kentucky State. Are you are you wanting me no. to tell you where they? Fall? No, no, I'm 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 looking. I I, I read that backwards. Number ten, Albany State. Number nine, Central that. State. Number eight, Kentucky State. Number seven, Winston Salem. Number. Let me start this over. Since yeah, we didn't give them, they love the top stick, stick, stick to the top seven. Albany State Golden Rams Mighty Show Band is number ten. Number uh, nine, Kentucky okay. State Body Watching. Th- Thunder, number eight, Central, Central State, Invisible Marching Marauders. Number seven, Winston-Salem State, Red Sea of Sound. Number six, Virginia State, Trojan Explosion. Number five, Talladega, Marching Tornadoes. Number, number four. What? I just closed out the... Uh, All right, uh, number four, Clark Atlanta, Mighty Marching Panther Band. Number three. Miles, Purple Marching Machine. Number two, Langston, Marching Pride. And I believe Langston is number two in both polls. And number one, Benedict, Marching Band of Distinction. Okay. And and the mid-major, Dr. Cavill, uh, he texted me, they have two of the top seven in his his mid-major poll. Virginia State and Langston. Virginia State and Langston. Quickly going down, let's go through the seven in the major. Number seven, Tennessee State. Number six, Bethune Cookman. Number five, Jackson State. Number four, Mississippi Valley State. Number three, Texas Southern. Number two, Southern. And number one, Norfolk. I will say this, Brian. I think of those seven, Texas Southern may be the most underrated of the seven that I just read. Yeah, I just noticed that because what you had Texas Southern, what number were they on Doc's poll? Four. Yeah, they're no, 13. three. 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 They're yeah, three. So we're talking about a 10, 10, ten, uh, ten spot difference. Yeah. Uh, was AT even on Doc's top seven? I heard Southern. Receiving, there. Vote. Receiving votes. Okay. I heard Southern there. Fam receive. Howard, AT, and Fam are receiving votes. What is Southern? Uh, the box was two. 
And is I didn't hear Bethune Cookman. Six. Okay, so a plus three. And Jackson is what? I, I think I think everybody but Valley. So who is number one again on Docs? Norfolk. Mm. Okay. Well, interesting. But Docs is based on matchups. So if you don't yeah. travel, you, well, Doc gives gives you no love. Break time, Brian. Let's let's get let's get ready to talk to Coach. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, all right. Uh, what is that Edwin's talking about? The boom traveled. Travels the games that are visible. Southern goes to practically all games. Yeah. They only missed FAMU last year, the last road game. Okay. Well. I give, I give you that. Hey, look, you know, I, I think the vis, I think visible, visibility matters. Matters intensely. Okay. Let's step away for a quick second. Come back. We got Coach Ferrasi Norman joining us. We're going to talk about uh, a couple of games from the past weekend as well as a couple of coaching things that we'll we'll throw at him. So uh, you guys hang in there for a short break. We'll be back in just a moment. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap right here on the Black College Sports Network. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Caville of Dr. Caville's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com